Katya. And I'm Ruth. And we're at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism here in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we have to say the part about we're not doctors, we are herbalists and holistic health educators. Everything we say in our podcasts should not be considered to be medical advice. No state or federal authority is going to license an herbalist in the U.S., so our discussions are for educational purposes only. Everybody's body is different, so the things we're talking about might or might not apply to you, but they should give you some information to think about and to research further. We want to remind you that your good health is your own personal responsibility. The final decision in considering any course of therapy, whether discussed on the internet or prescribed by your physician, is always yours. And the flip side of a responsibility is a right. Um, so you have the right to make choices about your health care. You have the right to remain healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, you guys. I cannot believe it. The book ships on Tuesday. There have been 923 pre-orders. I can't even tell you how cool it would be if we had a thousand and one pre-orders. That'd be nice. So that means that between now and Tuesday and Monday night, if we could get seventy-seven more pre-orders, we'd have. Some, if we could get seventy-eight more pre-orders, yeah, yeah. we would have a thousand and one pre-orders. And I don't know why that seems so cool to me, but it really does. So, um, if you pre-order it anytime between now and Monday night, you will have it before the next podcast and that is super super cool if you haven't pre-ordered it yet that's great because you could be one of the 78 that puts us over the top to a thousand and one and that would be so cool um don't forget to shoot us an email uh and we will send you a fancy inscribed book plate so no matter where you are we can sign your book for you yeah that'd be great uh, yeah, oh, just email us at info at commonwealthherbs.com, and we will send it out to you right away. <laughs> All right. I am paying attention this morning. <laughs> um, the other thing is that I don't want to forget to give you guys a little update on my Skizandra experiment. You might remember from whatever episode of the podcast it was when I said this. Um, it was the one called Skizandra and Peppermint. <laughs> yes, that's the one it was. That um, I am trying the 10 schizandra berries for 100 days approach, except actually I decided 10 wasn't enough. It's more like 15 or 20. Um, and I am doing this until the end of August. I think August 28th is my 100th day. Um, but I will tell you already, I have really noticed a big shift in my relationship with sugar. I'm not sugar-free right now. We did do a Whole30 a while ago, but it was a couple months ago. That was March. Um, and so I'm not, like, enforcing any kind of personal sugar ban right now. I just find that my cravings for it are much reduced. I'm not eating no sugar, but um, I kind of, like, without any particular effort, I'm finding that um, when I think, because this is the way that my brain works, Oh, I could make a cake today. Because <laughs> that's just a normal thing that happens in my brain on a regular basis. Um, but then lately, what I've been finding is I think, eh, maybe tomorrow. And that's pretty great. That's unusual for me. And um, that's really exciting. So stay tuned for more on that. Yeah. Nice. 
All right. Do you want to start this week or should I start? You could totally start. Okay. So, um, in honor of look, our book being, being just about to be released, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, had something I wanted to share with you guys about a way that you could use our book to study energetics and to try to get a, a sense of how these qualities play out in actual problems that people experience. So, um, if you take a look in our book... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm waiting. Just one second. Okay. I just want to say, if you're new to the podcast... Um, energetics might be a new word for you. And energetics is the system by which we understand how plants work in the body and what is the right plant for the right person in the right situation. And it basically boils down to evaluating both human conditions and plant actions as hot or cold, damp or dry, and tense or lax. And it can be one of each of those three things to varying degrees. And so we want to take a situation that is hot like a sunburn and apply to it an herb that is cooling um, like rose, for example. So, okay, that is your super, super, super short definition of what energetics is. Yeah. So one of the ways we've made this information uh, available and accessible in our book is by, in the section on uh, health ailments, which is the third part of the book, um, each one begins with a relevant tissue state and a relevant herbal actions list. So for instance, if we look at the entry for burns and sunburns, we see there relevant tissue states, heat, relevant herbal actions, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, antiseptic, vulnerary. And so this is a, a very short way of getting a lot of information across very quickly. But many of these words are probably going to be new to you, and the idea of understanding things through the lens of herbal energetics might also be new. So if that's the case for you, then don't worry. Um, our book can help with that. We do have a brief introduction to the concept of energetics in the beginning, where we explain the general idea and uh, talk about some of the ways that's going to be applied in our text. And we also, in each herb profile we talk about the energetics of the individual herbs as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we might be describing, say, dandelion, and in each of the herb entries, we've got a list of qualities like cooling and drying and tonifying in the case of that plant, the tastes, the actions, and then we talk a lot about the, the different ways it can be employed, and we try to always refer back to those basic qualities and say, you know, dandelion is a, a diuretic, and that's part of why it has a drying effect on the body, and that can be really good if you've got a bunch of stuck fluids and stagnant water in your system. But if you're a dry person, then that might be a reason to balance dandelion by pairing it with other herbs that are more moistening in nature. So, so those are there. But today, what I wanted to focus on was on um, a way to analyze the conditions um, as, a, as, a, as a whole or as, as sets. So one way you could do that would be, let's say we're interested in the energetic quality of heat we could then take a look at all of the ailments and we could just make a, a, a list about all of the ailments which indicate heat as being one of the relevant tissue states there. Um, and I took a moment to do that before I started and the list is actually quite long because it turns out that as far as humans go, uh, a lot of problems come from excess heat. So I thought I would break that down into a couple of categories and we could focus on one in particular today, but let me just say out front that when we look at heat, um, you might 
you might look at the complete list of all the things that have heat as a as an indication or as a relevant state, and um, it might seem at the beginning, especially if you're unfamiliar with these terms, like I'm not quite sure how those are all related. But maybe if we break them out into some broader categories, that could be helpful. So in some of these things, you're going to see visible heat and inflammation that's going to be something you can detect just by, by looking at it. So something like, say, arthritis, there's often going to be swelling and redness around the area where you feel pain. Redness is always an indicator for heat. That's more blood in the area. Blood carries heat. So you see red, you know you've got heat going on. Similarly, when we look at a burn or a sunburn, well, it was caused by exposure to heat, for one thing. Um, but also, you know, a sunburn, for instance, it's red, it's inflamed, it has those qualities going on. And if you hold your hand over it, you can feel the heat coming off of it for many hours after you had your burn. So you can really get that direct uh, experience of it. Something like fever, that's also hot. You know, the person feels hot, they're red, they might sweat, you know, you can their, their body temperature has raised. So again, it's a very direct sort of visible thing. Things like, say, inflammation anywhere in the body, a rash, um, certain kinds of wounds that have redness to them, those would all be heat signs that you can observe directly. And then there are some kind of problems that are very clearly to do with heat, like, say, heartburn. You feel that, you feel the burning, it's a hot sort of ex uh, experience, right? So you can feel it there, too. Or, say, high blood pressure. People with high blood pressure often have a lot of extra red in their coloration, and the blood is right up at the surface, and they feel warmer than other folks. And so, you know, you can see the heat quite directly there. So that'd be one category. Another category of problems that have heat as, a, as an associated quality would be cases where there's infection or irritation. So if you look through the things in our book, you'll see abscess, uh, acne, um, allergies, which is not an infection, but a kind of irritation. Uh, bites and stings, cold and flu, ear infection, cold sores, stomach ulcers, UTI, all of these things we consider as being states uh, in which the body has an elevated degree of heat, and they have that shared um, quality of, or, or nature, uh, etiology would be the fancy word here, like what caused them, of uh, an infection or an irritation, and the body responds with heat. And this one I want to point out is, is your body reacting. It's your body trying to fight off that infection or to clear out that irritant uh, to make you safe, free of it, you know, more, more, more back to normal. Thanks, body. Yeah. Um, and then one final category, and this one I want to expand on a bit, would be things that are affecting the nerves or the nervous system and that we also consider to have elements of heat to them. And so this might be a little less obvious or a little less uh, natural to you if these are, are new ideas, but here, um, out of the things in our book that would fit this quality would be things like ADD or ADHD, also anxiety, insomnia, and in many cases, the experience of stress. So what we're pointing out there is that there's an element of agitation, of over-excitation associated with these. And even if the person isn't red in the face, or flushed, or has an elevated body temperature, we still qualify those as being heat conditions because there is that element of over-excitation and over-agitation. Kind of like being revved up. Yeah, yeah. That makes it hard to sleep. It makes you feel a little unsettled. You know, it can make you distractible. So that's the, the connection we're drawing there. So let's expand on that a little bit. And the next step of this analysis would be to 
um, take those conditions that you're evaluating that have this shared um, associated tissue state or associated energetic quality, in this case heat, and then observe the actions that we deploy in response to those. So you can go to each of those entries and you can say, all right, well, what are the kind of herbal actions that are being called on here? So for ADD, we choose herbs that are grounding, that are nervine, that are nutritive, relaxant, or sedative. For anxiety, we might choose herbs that are anxiolytic, nervine, relaxant, or sedative. For insomnia, we might choose hypnotics, or relaxants or sedatives. You're seeing a pattern here, I hope. And then for stress, we could be looking at adaptogens, nervines, relaxants, and sedatives. So clearly there's some crossover here in terms of herbal actions that we're interested in. And that's not necessarily to say that all herbal relaxants are going to be cooling. Um, you know, these individual action terms or action um, categories, they don't necessarily break strictly along these lines. Uh, in all cases, but in some cases they do. And so sedative is probably the one that is the most uh, clear here. Uh, the definition of a sedative, um, and by the way, you can find definitions for all of the action terms in our book if you check the glossary. So the definition we put for sedative there was uh, that it depresses function or metabolic activity in an organ or tissue. Herbs, for example, would be catnip, chamomile, linden, mullein, and wild lettuce. Okay, so now we've gotten to a place where we're looking at the, uh, the problem, we're looking at the quality of that problem, and then we're looking at a few others that are similar in nature, and we're comparing the kinds of actions that we call on. We're seeing some that are in common to each of them, um, and we're focusing in here on the, on the sedative action. And we could also go back and take a look at those conditions again and look at the herbal allies that we've listed for each of them. Because for each condition in our book, we have a list of herbs that you might choose to call on that could be helpful to you while you're in that state. And if we were to do that, uh, and if we look at which are the herbal allies are common uh, amongst ADD, anxiety, insomnia, and stress, these conditions in which there's heat affecting the nervous system, we'll find that there are some that are recommended in each. Um, if we do the, the work on there, you'll come up with betony, catnip, chamomile, and linden as being herbs we recommend for each of those different problems. And if you uh, then were to bounce over and check out those herbs um, uh, descriptions, you'll see that almost all of them are cooling in nature. Um, chamomile would be a minor exception here because it's a little bit warming, but it's just a little bit, right? It's yeah. not like a hot, fiery herb like ginger or garlic or something. It's just, I think of it as being like not cooling. Right. Maybe not exactly warming, you know, like so barely over the line that it isn't really warming. It's just not cooling. Yeah. But certainly we could say of betony, of catnip and linden, that these herbs are, are cooling in quality and they're going to relieve heat in the body. Okay. So now we've done all of that, and we're seeing uh, now from a, another perspective or from like this, this more schematic sort of view why it is that these herbs make sense for each of these different problems. And we're not thinking about it in terms of constituents or chemistry or neurotransmitters or anything on that level at all. We're just taking um, an analysis of these based on their observable qualities, things that you can detect with your senses. Remember, the first line of approach here was what's the experience of these problems like? And how does that compare to what we would consider a normal or healthy baseline? 
right? When you have anxiety, it's hard to rest. You're a little unsettled. You're not quite sure what's going to happen next, and you're on edge, right? So that's that agitation. We think of that as heat. We think about where in the body that heat's located, and, and so on. So this you could apply, this, this kind of approach you could apply to any of the, of the fundamental qualities um, and all of the different uh, problems in the book. And I just want to propose this as a way that if energetics is new to you, uh, you could dig through this resource and you could draw these connections. And this will help you because now there might be some problem that you come up with that we didn't cover in our book. Say, let's see, what would be another hot sort of nervous system problem that somebody might be dealing with? I think fibromyalgia is not in the book. It's not, yeah. And that's a good example, right? And so there, you know, again, that's that's primarily impacting the nerves and the experience people have with fibromyalgia often has many of these hallmarks of heat. There's often some extra sensitivity associated with that, like the body is interpreting um, touch as pain in a lot of cases. Um, many times people with fibro will feel excessively hot. They'll have a kind of agitated constitutional state. And um, we used to know somebody who had fibro and would always be the first one to jump in the freezing river when we went mm -hmm. on hiking trips, mm -hmm. you know, and, and was just like really into uh, getting submerged in cold water because that, that relieved the, the pain they were experiencing. Um, and so we could also say, like, based on what we know so far, that betony, catnip, chamomile, and linden might be really effective herbs for that person. And again, not because I've got a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial that tells me this is the case, but because I've done the work of understanding the energetic quality of the problem, and now I'm familiar with some herbs that have the right energetics to counterbalance that. I really love this system because it means that even if double-blind, randomized, placebo, all the things... Um, trials are not available to you because they're behind a paywall or because you, you know, don't happen to know a doctor who will tell you about the, whatever, I don't know. Um, everybody's got the five sentence, senses. And even if, even if somebody turns up with a disease you've never heard of before, you don't have to let that get you flustered. You can just be like, well, I don't know what that is. But when I look at you, I see a lot of heat in your face. And so I can't cure your disease necessarily, but what I can do is I can help you get more comfortable with that heat problem. Mm -hmm. And then we can take the next step after that. Yeah. Paul Bergner likes to say, um, treat what you see. And as herbalists, we're not legally allowed to use the word treat um, because that's what me me medical doctors do. But it is a really good example. Work with what you see. And you're always going to be able to make people at least more comfortable. You'll be able to move the needle. Yeah. So, you know, this, the way I've analyzed this today is very, um, very in line with my nature where there's lots of lists involved and lots of correlations and lots of paying <laughs> attention to words very carefully. And, you know, he's got bullet points on his list to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. There are like hierarchies of indentation and the whole thing. And so if that's the way that you like to work with new information, then this might appeal to you, and you can, you can uh, play with it that way. Um, but I would also point out that if you just read the book, if you page through, if you, if you do pay attention to those lines about the quality of the herb, the quality of the problem, the relevant tissue state, um, and start to allow that to seep into your subconscious as a way you think about those problems, uh, then 
this will start to become second nature. And so if you like to just sort of osmos things and allow them to seep in slowly over time, that's totally fine and that will work uh, for you as well. Um, but if you do like to be a little more listy about your uh, <laughs> investigations, then uh, this would be a way that you could approach that. So I leave, I leave the other qualities as an exercise for the reader. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the homework? Yeah. yeah you homework. guys, if you email it to him, he'll check it and send it back to you. Yeah. I promise. Info at commonwealthherbs.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should. You should flood him with emails about it. And uh, he would be delighted. I would be, actually. That'd be fun. <laughs> cool. Well, that was, what, that was what I wanted to talk about this week. What about you? Well, man, you guys, I am feeling pretty tired today. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I have to do today. And also, I want to do it. I'm really excited about the stuff that we're working on right now. And I want it to be real in the world. And I want it to move forward. But I'm just beat. And I don't even know why I'm so tired. Because I slept like almost nine hours. But I'm zonked. <laughs> I'm just so tired. So, um... I wanted to talk about herbal and holistic strategies that help me get through a day like today. Um, because going back to bed is not, I mean, I guess it is an option, but it's not the option I choose because I, there's stuff I want to do that I want to get this stuff done. So, okay. So not, uh, so there are herbal things that I do and they're awesome, but I want to really be emphasizing that um, holistic herbalism, of course, is about more than just the herbs themselves. So I want to start off with the holistic part first and the herb part second. So a couple of strategies that I use to set myself up for success, or maybe what I mean here is to protect myself from failure when I'm tired, is that because it's really easy to get distracted, and I'm one of those people who keeps like 10 million tabs open for like later when I have the time, on a day like today, um, when it's already an extra challenge to stay focused, I just can't afford to have all those tabs around. So I take a minute and I close them. Um, I do save them so that I can open them up later um, because I'm fairly attached to my 10 million tabs. Um, but I just close them for right now. And um, I do the same with whatever windows I don't need just to get as much stuff closed and put away as possible. And then I take everything that's accumulated on my computer desktop, which is usually 10 million things, um, and I make a new folder and I label it desktop today's date. And I just dump everything into it and then I will deal with it later. And yes, I do have about 67 folders like that. And no, I don't always go back and deal with them. But when it's important, I do. So um, yes, I do that. And then I do the same thing with my physical workspace. So I go and get a laundry basket or a grocery bag or something, and I just push everything that I don't need to do my work today into that basket, and I will deal with it later. I just sort of put it on the floor next to my workspace, and I will get to it later. And I do actually usually get to that later because I don't like to have stuff laying around the house. Laying around my computer desktop, that's fine, <laughs> but whatever. So I do those things to just get the clutter out of the way, and um, I don't bother to take the time to put the stuff away properly, but I do just get it out of the way temporarily. And then I try to make a plan for the day, so I lay out what I want to achieve in blocks that are about 30 minutes long, and I plan a break in between. 
And then I use an app to make my phone unavailable. And right now my favorite one is the Forest app. It doesn't actually lock my phone, um, but it has a little a timer with an animation. And so I'll say, I don't want to use my phone for 30 minutes. And um, then it will start growing a tree. And if I get through the whole 30 minutes without accessing my phone, then I get points. And when I get enough points, then um, the people who made the app plant real trees in places that are affected by deforestation. So I think that's pretty awesome. But if I have to use my phone because like my daughter texts me or something like that, then it's not like it's locked and I can't get to it. I just have to kill my tree first and then I can... Yeah. <laughs> well that's the thing it's really motivating it's like oh i should check instagram i don't want to kill my tree you mentioned this thing but i haven't I actually yeah i heard about this but i i, I want to know is there like a little animation you have to watch of the tree like withering and yes dying? oh man yes and it's adorable <laughs> it's totally like and you're like no and it gives you different types of trees like a pine tree or a cherry blossom tree or whatever but yes. like you start off with just a pine tree and then you have to earn, you have to have success in order to work up to other trees. And I personally think the pine tree is pretty awesome. And maybe they should have made that be like a prize tree for later, but whatever. How do you, how do you, how do you I know. Like rank your trees? I know. Right. Anyway, it's called the Forest app and I really like that. But it just helps me to stay away from my phone and not be distracted by the things that um, I want to be distracted by when my brain is having a difficult time focusing. And then, um, I just do my best to stay on track for the blocks that I set up. And if I miss the mark on one, I just try again for the next one. Just like I would if I were like practicing the high jump, you know, like I, I just remember in high school in gym, I hated track and field, but I really did like the high jump. And I could just do that all day because, like, you don't make it every time. A lot of the time you knock that little bar off and you didn't make it at all. But you're like, oh, I'll try again, you know. And so I try to think about my day that way, that if I lost my focus in one of my work blocks and I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve during that period of time, I just try to think of it like, oh, I'll try again. And... I, that's been a real game changer for me because it used to be like, oh, I'm not getting work done. My whole day is ruined. I'm a failure today. And mm. um, sort of sort of thinking about it in terms of like, you know, going to the gym or whatever um, it makes it a lot more, it, it's, it's a lot easier to really actually get through it that way instead of just throwing the whole day out. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is that I choose a quitting time so that I know that I'm not going to work forever. I'm just going to work until a certain time and then I will do something nice. Um, and it's really good to have something to look forward to. That's really motivating. But also it means that there's like um, the motivation of a, of a like of a finish line and that like I, I have only a certain amount of time to get this done. So there's a little bit of like healthy pressure on there to, to stay focused. Okay. So that's how I set myself up. And then I liberally add herbs to the situation. Um, so I start every day with my not coffee blend, which I know I've talked about before, but it's just so good that I have to tell you again. So right now it is reishi, ashwagandha, angelica, spikenard, 
Eleuthero, Codonopsis, and a little bit of Calamus. Um, and then, of course, like several tablespoons of Swiss water processed decaf coffee. And I like to boil that up. And it's just a building, supportive, adaptogenic blend that has just buckets of antioxidant power. And okay, with the spike knot and the Eleuthero, it has a, a smidge of stimulation in there too. But, um, you know, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like a giant pot of coffee and you're jittery and you can't, you know, it's just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and it tastes like coffee, not exactly like coffee, but like coffee that has some rooty herby goodness thrown in. So I like that a lot. And on a day like today, as soon as I serve myself up my cup of not coffee, I start boiling the water for mate. Um, so you might've noticed that our herb of the week on social media this week has been mate. And I just, you guys... Mate is amazing, and I'm kind of late to the mate party, um, but it's really amazing. So first off, yes, it does have caffeine, um, but it has a huge bunch of other great things in there that make me really able to handle the caffeine in a way that I, I can't do in coffee. Coffee does make me jittery and, and kind of anxious, and mate does not do that. And one of the things that helps with that is theobromine, which is a constituent that you might recognize from chocolate. Um, and of course, we don't like to just reduce our herbs down to one constituent, but it is kind of fun to look at them sometimes. So theobromine has a calming and focusing kind of action. And in my body, the stimulation from the caffeine and then the calming and focusing action from the theobromine really combine into something that I can work with. It gives me the boost I need to keep my head in the game, but not so much boost that I'm antsy and jittery. It's just, it's like the perfect amount. Um, and I find that even if I have a couple cups of it, uh, it doesn't like add on to itself and like push over some jittery threshold. Like it stays in that zone of like um, calm focus uh, but um, it's just it's just gentle and really nice. And I also find that mate does not really keep me up at night the way that coffee would. So that's also pretty helpful. Mate also has a lot of antioxidants that support heart health and liver function. And of course, I want that. But I've recently been super interested in a couple of studies that I found that show a direct supportive effort on the hippocampus. And that is the area of the brain where we move our short-term memories into long-term memories, or in other words, it's where we do our processing of the things that happen in a day. And I am particularly obsessed with herbs that can do this. And if you've known me for five minutes, you probably know that about me. <laughs> I'm really, really interested in herbs that affect the hippocampus. Because the more efficiently that we can process what happens in a day, the less overwhelmed that we're going to feel. So that's a huge factor, especially because so much happens in every day these days, it seems. And so many people are feeling overwhelmed by it. And then a second factor here is that, at least of interest to me, is that scientists are finding that a big factor in reducing the function of the hippocampus is elevated cortisol levels, or in other words, stress. So 
I want to just say that cortisol is not bad. It's something that we need. It has good, important function in the body, but too much of it is too much. And like the body has a, a Goldilocks kind of place. It's good to remember this because um, <laughs> cortisol is new cholesterol in some mm-hmm. ways. Like, like cholesterol, in the same way, it has jobs. It's important. If it is elevated, sometimes that indicates there's a problem. Sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and for a long time, everybody was all focused on reducing their cholesterol levels as low as possible. And the, the apotheosis of that was the, the development of statin drugs where, you know, we can directly manipulate your body's capacity to even produce this molecule and knock that right out. And hooray, we may- changed your numbers. But, oh, wait, people aren't actually any healthier. Oops. You know, so um, that's, there's 30 years of uh, medical advice summed up in two sentences for you. Um, but you know, now, nowadays, many, many people are aware that excess cortisol is a problem. And, um, uh, there are many, many great ways to lower your cortisol and that are healthy and holistic and good for you. And, uh, I'm not actually aware of any, but I'm, I'm not going to be surprised when somebody comes out with their anti-cortisol pharmaceutical drug and says, oh, you have hypercortisolemia? Let's knock that number down by giving you this pharmaceutical. So let's yeah. not allow that to happen. But the first step in that is not treating cortisol as an absolute evil, recognizing that there is a Goldilocks zone, that it has yeah. like important functions in the body. We don't want to eliminate it entirely, uh, but that we want to control it. And that the best way to do that is by natural methods, like sleeping more, uh, managing stress carefully, and working with herbs. And good food, too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so herbs that can improve the function of the hippocampus, especially in a state where it's been damaged by too much and and too much stress for too long is really, really interesting to me. So two other herbs that have been shown to have this action so far are ashwagandha and tulsi. So I already got my ashwagandha in the not coffee, and it turns out that tulsi is super delicious when you blend it with mate. So that's like my favorite new tea is half tulsi, half mate, and a smidge of ginger. It's like the best thing ever. So that's three herbs just piled up right on top of each other that are going to help my brain process information better, give me better focus, and um, also, you know, Tulsi in particular really helps with my attitude, so that's pretty great too. Hmm. Um, another herb that I love in this way is rosemary. Um, I was talking about rosemary a couple of podcasts ago and all of its anti-inflammatory action, and when you haven't gotten enough sleep, then that can be really important because lots of parts of the body do get pretty inflamed simply because there wasn't enough time to finish your detox cycle. Like. You don't even need to have done anything. It's just there's extra metabolic waste hanging around that didn't get cleaned up the night before. And it's, you know, setting off the fire alarm. Mm. So um, I had been talking about rosemary for inflammation in the brain. But the thing is that you don't have to have a serious illness for that to be really handy. Just feeling tired and not having got enough sleep last night. Even though I thought I did, but whatever. Um, That's totally reason enough. So... You can definitely put rosemary in your tea. Um, That's not my favorite flavor in tea. It's not bad, but it's not my favorite. Some people love it, though, so try it. Yeah, I like it. I've I've made a tea sometimes that was like rosemary, um, uh, maybe some uh, green tea, uh, ginkgo, 
and maybe some go to cola mm. as a uh, like brain tonic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be really nice. Well, if you don't love it in tea, then you can do what I do, which is put some rosemary essential oil into a spray bottle filled with water. And periodically just spray it all through the room that you're working in. I like to spray it, like, over my head so that the little drops just rain down on my head. You know, nice and pleasant like... mist. Yes. yes. Um, it smells really good. You're getting that uplifting action right into your brain because it's absorbed very easily through the membranes in your nose. Um, I also really like pine essential oil in the same way, in a spray bottle like that. Um... And you can even blend the two together because those are smells that are really complementary. Um, and just spray it like every 30 minutes, every time you take a break from your 30 minutes, then spray it again. Um, it's really, really handy. So those are things that I do to keep myself going. But I also make a plan for getting to bed at night. So once I make it to quitting time, first off, I tell myself that I did a good job. Um, and again, I'm looking at a day like this, like it's a tough day at the gym. I had to fight for it, you know, like whatever I achieved is doubly great because I had to work really hard to get it. But the bulk of my day is about supporting that fight and keeping myself in the zone. And now that it's quitting time, I definitely don't want to be there anymore because I, I do want to be able to go to bed when it's time. So I plan out a nice evening, which might just involve some some nice music and reading or, um, you know, a good dinner or whatever. And then I also plan out um, a change in my herbal strategy. So for me, that means chamomile and ginger. These are two super antispasmodic plants, um, which release tension in the muscles and also tension in the brain. They're super relaxing, really soothing, and they get me ready to make an effective transition through the evening towards sleep time. And they also help with digestion, so I like that too. Mm. Sometimes I really like to add catnip to the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It's Rin's like favorite, but we have we have a catnip plant growing outside in a pot right now, and I love it so much because now I get to go out every morning and take the dog to go pee and eat a couple of leaves of our catnip plant. <laughs> that's just wonderful. Yay! Yeah. Um lately I have really been appreciating catnip as well. Um, I don't tend to have the digestive kind of issues like heartburn or sort of like rising digestive issues that normally call for catnip, but I, if, especially if I'm feeling a little bit whiny or a little disappointed, I find that catnip is really, really just what I need. And, you know, it's cooling. So I, for me anyway, feelings of disappointment are hot feelings, you know, and they tend to get hotter, hotter the longer they last. Um, and whiny feelings are hot too, like, because they, they spiral, you know, they get revved up. So catnip is really nice in those situations. And then lately when I go to bed, I've been taking my herbal oracle deck with me and I had been wanting an herbal oracle deck for a really long time. And finally I just made one. So the cards have photographs on one side that can be helpful for plant identification if you're studying. And on the other side, there's a few lines about the herbs actions physiologically and also emotionally in the body. And I really like to think about the physiological actions and the emotional actions together and look at the 
um, sort of similar similarities or maybe symmetry between those. That's a really interesting thing to me. So you can use these cards as flashcards um, or as oracle cards. And at the end of the night, um, I like to shuffle them up and just choose one card to help me reflect on my day as I'm heading to bed. I find that it's really helpful, especially on a day that I'm feeling dissatisfied with whatever has happened, to put the day and all of its events into perspective to help me have compassion for myself and for the other people who were a part of my day, to help me maybe understand what happened in a different light. Um, it's just been a meditative practice that is really helping me feel a lot more peace about each day. And I'm super, super grateful for it. That's, it's just, I don't know. I started it, I started doing it kind of on a whim. And now I just, like every night I'm like, oh, okay, good. It's time to lay down and do that. <laughs> nice. Um, hey, if you're interested in those, you can pick up a deck of Katya's Herbal Oracle cards uh, at Herbstock, uh, which is on June 2nd and 3rd, uh, just in a couple weeks. If you're here in Boston um, or Somerville or the environs. <laughs> the larger, the greater Boston area. That's one, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're not local, though, you can buy these cards from us online. And we'll go ahead and drop a link to those in the show notes. So that's what I do to get through a day like today. Yeah. Those are the things. Those are your things. I have now expended a bunch of energy. And it's been about half an hour, a little more than half an hour. So I guess it's time to take a break. I Yay! Think, I think so, Break yeah. time! <laughs> <laughs> but I can mark this work block off as, I did it! <laughs> Hooray! Nice. And, uh, yeah, I, think it's, I guess that's what. I think we did it. All right, so um, go forth, uh, heal thyself. Pre-order books so that we can get to 1,001. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Please, please. Yeah. Uh, drink your tea. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.